You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome back to A Bigger Life. I want to look today somewhere different that we have in the past, and I want to go to the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible. That's a mysterious book. It's called an apocalyptic book. And the English word apocalypse means, and you know, it's the end of something has come that's be it's like dystopian, it's the end. Uh, but that's not what the Greek word apocalypse, that's not what the biblical idea of apocalypse means. The idea of apocalypse in, in the Bible means that a pulling back of the curtain, letting us see behind the scenes. And so that's why Revelation is that. It's a it's an apocalyptic. It's it's a revelation. It's showing us something we don't normally see. It's 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 removing the curtain so that we can see behind the scenes. And apocalyptic literature in the Bible is very symbolic. And so when we read stuff in Revelation, we're reading very symbolic language. And it's taking us back a lot of times to the symbolism of the Old Testament when God appears before the Israelites in the book of Exodus or in Isaiah's vision in Isaiah 6 or in Ezekiel, we have a lot of the same kind of imagery. The author of Revelation is very steeped in the Old Testament imagery, and that comes out in this apocalyptic book. But in Revelation, the Son of Man, uh, Jesus himself, summons John in the Spirit. In other words, John has a vision in the Spirit. John isn't physically taken somewhere, but he's given a vision in the Spirit is what it keeps saying. Uh, so we assume by the Holy Spirit, but also in something in the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, he's, he's given a vision. And the vision he's given starts off with a vision of Jesus. And it's, it's in, Re- in Revelation chapter 1, Jesus identifies himself in very symbolic language and talks about himself being the living one, the Alpha, and the Omega. And so he's referring there to the name Yahweh, the I Am, a lot of language there. We see that in Revelation 1, the one who was, and well, actually, it's actually in messed up order, the one who is and who was and who is to come. We see that in verse 4. We see that in verse 8. And that's sort of mixing up the order because when we're talking about the I am, he is always in the present tense. Now, forever past, forever future, the one who is, the one who was, the one who is to come, the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the living one. This is all language to say that God himself is the very essence of life, the very essence of existence. He is always in the present tense. There's never a time he's not in the present tense. And we've talked about that in the past. And so when we get to chapter four, which we're going to look at today, it's one of these places where these angelic beings, now I'm not going to do a Bible study here on Revelation, that's for another time, but there are these angelic beings that we also see in Isaiah's vision in Isaiah 6. And these angelic beings have the ability to see everywhere. They see everything. They, they, they serve before God's throne, but they, they oversee all creation. And they sort of represent all the universe, all the creation before the throne of God. And so we're coming into the very presence of God, the very throne of God. 
And in this vision, again, this is a vision that John has. He's not being physically taken before the throne of God. This is all a vision. He has also, he sees 24, what's called 24 elders. These could be angelic beings or these can be human beings. We don't know. But the 24 probably has the idea of the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 apostles of Jesus, the the representing the Old Testament people of God, the New Testament people of God coming together as all the people of God, one covenant with Abraham, one covenant fulfilled through Jesus Christ, the offspring of Abraham through whom all peoples on earth would be blessed. This is all one people of God at the end of the age coming together kind of thing. And so this is this is the vision that, that John has. And the part I want to get to is not all that. I just kind of gave you all that so that you would have a little bit of a context. But we're coming to the point in John chapter 4 that these angelic beings who are overseeing all creation. And again, this is very symbolic language, but it says in verse 8, each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under the wings. That's, again, symbolic language to not tell us what they look like. That would look more like a monster. But to, to give us symbolic language that they see everything. They have eyes all around. There's nothing they don't see. And they are at the very presence of God. And like I said before, they probably represent the ones who oversee all of God's creation, that God shares his, his overseeing of the universe with, just like he created human beings in his image to oversee his earth with, to oversee the world, created in his image to rule with God. He has created angelic beings to rule the universe with him as well, and they see everything. So they are before the throne of God, and now the point is that they, they say something. And over the years, ever since I've been praying through Scripture, this passage here in Revelation chapter 4, we're going to also look at one in Revelation 5, have been passages, these, the, the, the praise that these angelic beings give to God is a, is a praise that I've often prayed to God, and it's a good passage to pray back to God. They say, these angelic beings say in Revelation 4, 8, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Now that's also saying what we, we, we can read that kind of language in Isaiah chapter 6 as well. Same, same thing that these uh, seraphim are saying. Seraphim are the flaming ones. These angelic beings, these powerful angelic beings are saying before the throne of God. Holy, Holy, holy. Now, repetition in the Bible is emphasis. And so Jesus often said, truly, truly, I say to you, emphasizing that his word is true, his word stands forever. So he repeated truly twice. A lot of times things are repeated twice to make emphasis, but holy is one of those words, and I think the only word in the Bible that's repeated three times. Holy, holy, holy is Yahweh, the I am, God, the Almighty, who was and is and is to come. He is forever the I am. He was, he is, he is to come. Like I said in chapter one, it said who is, who was, who is to come. It kind of gets the order a little different there just to emphasize that God is eternal. And it says, whenever the creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, 
The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him, who lives forever and ever. So these are all the angelic beings. The four creatures, the 24 elders, are falling before God's presence. The one that is described twice as who lives forever and ever. He is the I am forever past. He is the I am forever in the present tense. He is the I am forever future. He lives forever and ever. And so they say in verse 11, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. Now, it's odd for us to think of God receiving power because he already has all the power in the universe. In that sense, he's not receiving power, but he's being ascribed power. He's he's receiving the praise for his glory, the praise for his honor, the praise for his power. For you created all things, and by your will, they were created and have their being. Now, this is a lot for us to meditate on, a lot for us to think about, that it's the very will of God, it's the very purpose of God that he created all things, and because of his will, they were created and they, they have their being. That includes you, and that includes me, that God has willed, he has purposed for you to exist in his universe. Now, I know we say this a lot on this podcast because I actually think it a lot because it's something that actually kind of blows my mind away that the God that created this universe specifically wanted me to exist in his universe. Now, the Bible teaches this in many places. In in Psalm 139, it says it specifically that God is intimately acquainted with all our ways as he is knitting us together in our mother's womb, very symbolic poetic language. And, and it, all throughout the Bible, we see God specifically loving you, specifically creating you. We've talked about it in the past. This is one of those places where it's talking about he created all things, but that includes you. And, and by your will, they were created, each of them. They were created by your will, and they have their being. They have their very existence because you the I am who lives forever and ever, who is and who was and who is to come, the one who is forever, the I am, has willed that I exist and he is the author of all life. He's the giver of all life. He's the source of all existence and he has willed that I exist and that everything exists because of him. And these creatures that are incredibly powerful and we can't even begin to comprehend their power were given very symbolic language to describe them are overwhelmed themselves by the glory of God as they are in his presence, the holiness of God, the splendor, the majesty, the radiance, the glory, the awe of being in the very presence of Yahweh, God the Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And so we want to fill our mind with that awe right now. We want to get that vision in our own spirit in our own mind comprehending what it would be like to stand before the very presence of the God who created this entire universe the God who is existence himself the source of all existence always the one who is in the present tense always 100% present everywhere in his universe without being at all absent anywhere else the God who is the source of all existence the giver of all life and who has purposed by his will because he has a purpose for me. He has purpose that I exist along with everything else that exists. He has a purpose for me. And that if I 
stand before his throne in my mind and I get a glimpse of his glory in my mind, a, a glimpse of his power, a, a glimpse of his holiness in my mind. It helps me see that God has given me an incredible privilege that I would be able to serve him, that I would be able to live for him, that I would be able to live according to his will and his purpose, to be in his story, to be in his plan, to be part of his purpose. So the best way to do this really is just to start praying and start praising God through this. So would you do that with me right now as we do this? Just let me guide you in a time the power of these verses that have been powerful in the lives of God's people for thousands of years, the power of these verses as the Holy Spirit does something in us, does something in you as we pray them. Let's do that. Lord God, Yahweh, the I Am, the one who has forever existed, who is and who was and who is to come, never has there been ever a moment where you have not been fully God. Never have you not existed. You have always existed. You have always been God. Your glory, your power, your holiness have always existed. And you created this universe. You are the source of all that exists. And you created this universe for your glory, for your purpose, because of your will. You are holy. You are holy, holy, holy. There is not an attribute that is greater than your holiness. Your splendor, your majesty, your power, your radiance, your glory. If I could just glimpse in awe your holiness, your glory. You say no one can see you and live, not, not in a sinful state, but we will have a resurrection one day where we will see your glory. We will see your holiness. We will see your radiance and we will not be disintegrated. We will not be destroyed because we will be holy too. We will be made righteous in Christ as well, just like Jesus is now. You are holy, holy, holy. Jesus tells us the first thing we are to pray in the Lord's Prayer is my Father in heaven, and we are to be blown away that God calls himself our Father, the one who has created all things. And the second thing is, hallowed be your name, holy, be holy, your name in me. Ultimate be your name, holy be your name in me, that I would bear your name in holiness. The first thing out of my mouth should be to praise you for your holiness, not just that you are my father, but that you are holy. You are radiant, full of glory and splendor. The one who is and who was and who is to come, the one who is forever. You are Yahweh, the I am, God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, who lives forever and ever. And it says it again, who lives forever and ever. Repeated twice in verses 9 and 10. You live forever and ever, past, forever and ever, future. And you are everywhere right now, fully 100% present because you are the I am. You are always God. 
Always God forever past, always God forever future, always God in the present. There's never a time when you are not enthroned. There's no other story. There's no other place to go. There's no escape from your presence. You are the Holy One forever and everywhere. And I can't escape from you. And so my only choice is to bow in worship, to bow in awe, to not be fooled that there's a greater awe somewhere else, to not be fooled that there's a greater story anywhere else, to not be fooled that there's any kind of other narrative that I can live my life with that doesn't have an utter dead end because you are the only living one who is forever and ever and you give life to those according to your will that you want to exist. You are worthy, our Lord and God. You are my God. You are the one that I trust with my life. You are the one that I surrender to. You are my Lord. You are the giver of my life. And you are worthy to receive all my praise, worthy of my worship, worthy of my trust, worthy of my awe, worthy of my love, because I know you love me. I know you're the one who created me because you love me and you love me before you created me. You created all things and by your will, they were created and they have their existence. They have their being. I was created by you. I was created for you. I live through you. You hold my life together. You sustain my life always. I owe all my existence to you because you are the giver of life and you created me for your will. You created me for your purpose. I exist for you. And there is no life outside of you. There is no life away from you. So I fall on my face before you now and I worship you, surrender to you, submit to you. You are worthy of my worship. You are worthy of my life. You are worthy of my trust. You are worthy of my love. You are my God. You are my Lord. You are my creator. And I exist for your will. I exist for you. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who is the first and the last, who is and who was and who is to come. And there's nothing else outside of you. So I come to you in Jesus' name. I come to you in Jesus' righteousness. I come to you having been forgiven by Jesus' blood. I come to you with a life and a future that is forever because of Jesus' resurrection. And I come before your throne just as your word tells me I can do in Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 10. I can come before your throne. I can come before your very presence because of Jesus. So I come to you now. I live for you now. I trust you now. I surrender to you now. I submit to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.